Welcome to Talking Shoots Draft Preview, and I'm your host, LeBron Rollins, Chris Schuster. With me today, Sash. No, he's not here. I'm by myself, but Sash is always with me in heart. That's my dog, and that's uh, the half of the show. Uh, he's just a busy guy right now and understandable. Um, but here we go. We have a lot to talk about today. This is the draft preview, uh, and what's happening is a lot of things going around the league, and let's get right into it. And let's start off with Bob Quinn's past drafts and how it affects the future drafts and especially this one um bob quinn was came from a new england uh new england patriot franchise that hasn't lost that much right let's be honest well us as lions fans would like to give our opinion and we've pretty much seen it all haven't we i mean we i remember when uh Jason Hansen missed a, a extra point to lose a game against Minnesota. <laughs> Who remembers that game? So we've seen it all, right? And we've really loved the draft because our teams have been terrible, and that's one of the only things to look forward to. And what we've seen is mistakes in the draft that have cost us in the years coming after the drafts, after those bad decisions. And Detroiters especially have got to kind of like – a, a better knowledge and feel of the draft because we've seen the mistakes like drafting Pettigrew or drafting Ebron or, you know, there's so many other things that we've seen and we're like, okay, what happened when we drafted Pettigrew? Our team kind of stunk for a few years. He was a bust. You don't draft a tight end that high. Oops, we do it again. Ebron, what happened? Nothing really came out of it. We had a couple decent years later on, but it wasn't because of him. And then, Obviously, a couple holes in our team were guys that we could have filled with the pick that we picked Ebron. You know, Aaron Donald and a couple other guys. Zach Martin. I mean, good Lord. Hall of Famers. And what we do, we got a tight end that couldn't catch the ball. So we see that. And Bob Quinn comes from the Patriots, who hadn't lost that much. So he really didn't have a a feel for what it takes to fix losing. Because he's just been a winner, right? So there's nothing to fix. Well, <laughs> What happens is he goes out and he makes one of the Lions bonehead mistakes, which is drafting a tight end super high. Now, he come out like gangbusters, and we thought we had some hope, and I don't think he's going to be completely a terrible pick, but um, you never draft him that high. You never draft a tight end that high. I mean, we've seen it, being Lions fans. We've done it two times before. The Lions franchise has drafted a tight end higher than anyone else in history of football. With those three picks alone, with other picks too, go back and look at all the picks that people, maybe the 49ers, they drafted a couple guys, uh, Vernon Davis and yada yada. But I mean, I I think that uh, we've drafted a tight end in the first round, in the first 10 picks, in the first 15 picks. No, God. I mean, like, it's a, it's a head-scratcher, dude. And you know what's crazy, too, is, uh, and I want to, before we jump into the draft, is when people talk about drafting a running back high, and sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, okay? That's as simple as that. Some guys will go, you never do, you never do. Well, uh, I don't know, Zeke Elliott would look real nice in a Lions jersey. And Barry Sanders looked pretty damn nice, okay? Um, but... We know that you don't draft a tight end in the in the first couple picks. I mean, what's that do for you? But if you drafted a, a running back those years, maybe not, the, you know, I don't know about every of the, one of those years that we drafted a tight end, but we didn't have a running game those years. <laughs> I 
besides Javid Best and, and, and Bush one year did okay, and Joyke Bell was a trio, whatever. Well, we really didn't have a running back running game to hold our hat on. So we talk about not drafting a running back, but we get a tight end. I think that position, you got to get a position that actually changes the game. Okay? You know, like, that's what upsets me. And as we now we jump into the draft, and Okura at three. Guys, what are you talking about? Like, sit, please. When I hear Okuda at three, just stay there and draft Okuda and let Tua fall. And yeah, that is the dumbest take in sports right now, especially Detroit sports. That's the worst take you could possibly have. Well, let's just take Okuda. We're getting, we're replacing Slay, and uh, you know that's what you do. And no, that's not what you do. Okay, that's that's the worst. Now, do you trade down and then take Okuda? Okay. Because now you got an extra pick to mess around with. But just to draft Okuda at three, that's a huge risk. I mean, it's it's on the safer side. But I'm talking about, like, a huge risk of, for me, and we talk about it, and I know Mike Valeni feels the same way, and a lot of guys, when you're, and you guys probably, some of you guys do, when you're drafting, do you go for the Patrick Mahomes, the, the, the once-in-a-lifetime generational quarterback? The, you know, look at the way... Uh, you know, you should mimic, like, we're trying to mimic the Patriots, right? Well, <laughs> you, you're never going to do that because we don't have the head coach. But you got to look at the Kansas City Chiefs right now, okay? You're not going to get Patrick Mahomes, okay? You might not ever. No one might ever. What's the closest thing? Might be Tua. Um, but look at Tyreek Hill. So you have two players in this draft that could mimic Kansas City, who just won the title. And that C.D. Lamb in the slot, which K.J. Hamler's like a poor man, which I like later on, but C.D. Lamb and Tua at quarterback, which is similar to Patrick Mahomes and a, a great quarterback that has the potential, okay? Um, but what will they do? You know, what would they do? If you go back and you look at drafted cornerbacks high, what do they do? What if the, like, you look at Jalen Ramsey. He's probably the best corner in the last 10, 20 years, whatever. I drafted that high, right? Well, he went to the playoffs maybe once or twice, maybe once. Uh, that's it. And he had a dominant defensive line in front of him, which we don't have. We don't blitz. So you're leaving a young kid on an island. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think Okuda at three is some slam dunk. I really think it's 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 actually terrible. Um, this is one of the first years in a long time where I would be okay with drafting a tackle if we trade down, not if we stay at three. Um, if we trade down, look, guys, we don't know. I don't think Taylor Deco, Decker's all-world. I do think Taylor Decker can play both sides. We just got rid of a right tackle. We signed some no-name uh, backup from the uh, Eagles. But if you drafted a tackle, now you could put Decker on the right, have that Eagles guy slide inside or be a backup, which he was on the Eagles. And then you draft, you know, Werfs or uh, Becton or uh, a couple guys, and then you got a nice little line. And, and and obviously what you do after you trade it down and get that extra pick is don't be afraid to trade back up and get one of my favorite players in this draft, DeAndre Swift. I think DeAndre Swift, 
Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins are are elite running backs. And obviously, being a Big Ten guy, like some of you are, because we're in the Michigan area, we've seen what J.K. Dobbins can do. Oh, God, have we seen it. We've seen what Jonathan Taylor can do. Oh, boy. But... If you look at DeAndre Swift, he's one of these guys who I really started looking at because I really didn't hear too much about him, uh, you know, being a Big Ten guy. Um, you know, I remember, obviously, I'd be like, oh, that guy on Georgia is good, you know, but I wasn't like, DeAndre Swift, ah! Like, but now I look at it, and if you look, they put some t- uh, some tape on the other day on ESPN breaking down the running back spot, and they had a little special on DeAndre Swift. Now, what that showed me was they showed him running against Chubb, Michelle, and Gurley. Um, first of all, let's just say that again. Michelle, Chubb, and Gurley. Um, yeah. I think we'd take all three of those being Lions fans, right? Especially in their primes when they weren't hurt or whatever. Yeah, I'd take one of those three all day long, okay? DeAndre Swift's tape looked better than all three of those guys. He is a beast. And I think that we know Dobbins and Taylor, and we love them being Big Ten guys, and I would not be upset at any one of those guys. Uh, in fact, but I do think coming away with a running back, either trading back up in the first, later first, if you get that second pick from Miami, staying there, whatever you got to do, if you get a running back, one of those three guys, I will be very happy. And obviously they got some Cam Akers and A.J. Dillon later on in the draft. Uh, that's another one of those band-aid fixes, you know, like, do you want a Delvin Cook, or do you want, uh, you know, a Ty Johnson, you know what I mean, like, uh, Ty Johnson, we talk about Bob Quinn, and some of the just flat-out swing and misses, like, he reminds me of a little kid where the, he swings, and the batting helmet goes over his eyes, and he, like, bangs his uh, shin with a bat, and he's like a fucking moron, dude, some of the, Ty Johnson had one good game in college, one and 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 to narrow it down even further, he had two good runs in college. That's it. He had two like eighty-yard runs against Michigan. That's it. He he like I need a running back with a pedigree, guys. That's what do we have? This is Detroit Lions. We're associated with Barry Sanders and to a later effect Billy Sims, but especially Barry Sanders. We haven't had a running back since Barry Sanders. I mean, one that we, uh, when Bush came over, he was already still feeling his head from that uh, tackle he took against the Eagles, and and uh, Javid Best, you know, he banged his head. And I mean, we need a guy that can run the ball. That's why I wouldn't be opposed to Taylor either. I love Taylor. I mean, Carry On Johnson and Taylor. Um, we can't really count on Carry On. Um, does he have talent? Yes. Did he look like a folly machine last year? Yes, fumbling the ball in key moments, dropping the ball, fucking being injured. This, I mean, he has talent, but he's not an every down back. He's not a number. He's not a guy where we can just go, oh, carry on. Let's just leave him in. He's Marshall Falk, part two. No, guys, that's not that's not him. Okay, so I just think that that's a crucial part in this draft, but I do think. C.D. Lamb is a pick where if they come down and they go like this and they trade down to five or six and you just go C.D. Lamb, 
I understand that there's so many wide receivers in this draft with the Ruggs and Chenault and uh, Michael Pittman Jr. and the list goes on. K.J. Hamler, I love him in the slot. I love a lot of these guys. But if you get the best of the best, man, I mean, you're talking about a guy who I, I really think that C.D. Lamb could play 15 years in the NFL. I mean, this guy and be like a top-notch guy. He's a sure fire, can't miss, okay? I think he's... When you go into the draft, and I just told you about uh, Bob Quinn swinging and missing and hitting his cup and looking at his mom and crying, and, you know, we need to not miss. That's the that's the key to these drafts, guys. Not being the smartest man in the room and getting Giovanni jo- Tavai in the second round. I got him before because New England wanted him, and, oh, he's, he can do all this and that. Let's not be the smartest person in the room. Let's be the most logical person in the room. Okay, so here's another thing that kills me about the draft talk is one of the things I told you before is drafting Akuda at three is a very safe and dumb move to me. I need to make an explosive move, something that's aggressive. Um, I do think that um, I do think that what is what is the problem here with uh, how many years have we seen where they can't trade down? Right, guys, where you're just like, why didn't they trade down? Well, I think the Lions, if you're not stupid, right? I mean, like, as a franchise, not you guys, but as a franchise, right? If you just drafted Tua, um, I think that that would call a lot of people's bluff where they would have to then trade for Tua. You know what I'm saying? Do they not realize that? What? what so what would be the worst possible scenario? You're stuck with Tua? Oh, no. So you either draft Tua and go, hey, well, no one wants to deal? We got him. Or, hey, we got him. You guys want to deal? I took him. You guys thought we weren't going to take him because he's not a need. Okay, well, we got him. So what do you want to do now? Because you wanted him. You thought you could just sit there and not not, uh, draft up, you know, like trade up. No, now I got him. So what do you want to do? I don't understand why you can't do that. Because the worst case scenario is no one trades with you and you have Tua Tungvaloa, the number one prospect. When your quarterback has had a bad back doing Ford commercials with a baby seat, okay? I mean, like, this guy, Matt Stafford, guys, no matter how much people love him, okay, he's never been a winner. He's never won at the collegiate level. He never won, obviously, at the pros, okay? So it's time to get a winner in there. And, yes, Tua's like, I've never played for the Lions. That's fine, okay? Worst case scenario, you trade him and you get a couple extra picks, in this draft, extra picks, you can almost say that in every draft, but I really think this is a special draft where extra picks can make a big difference, especially when you kind of need a wide receiver. I told you I'd love to have C.D. Lamb, even though that's kind of a dumb pick because there's 12 receivers. If you don't get C.D., obviously if you get Isaiah Thomas or Okuda when you trade down, or if you even kept Tua, um, I mean, you, you can get a, you can get a wide receiver later on. I mean, like second or third round. Now, do you? Now, this is a crazy scenario, but say you went to a one or you know a three, and then you came back in the second round, and you have you just I'm telling you, we talked about it. You have got to get a running back in the second round, okay? Whatever one falls, Swift, uh, Taylor, or Dobbins, one of those three guys has to be a lion. Can we all agree on that? We just, one of those three, guys. So, in the third round, who's going to be left? T. Higgins? 
wide receiver. Now, do you want to go all offense? Now, that's very scary. Now, obviously, you could go, you know, not two at three. You can go Kuda on a trade down scenario or whatever it is. Uh, regardless of who our first pick is, running back has to be second pick. Can we all agree on that? And then the third pick, you can come away with one of those top receivers. Chenault might slide coming off the um, the evaluation from his doctor. Uh, there, you know, I, I think that getting one of those top KJ Hamler at three guys, are you kidding me? Having a slot receiver to go with Galladay like that. Oh my Lord. Now I'm not, you know, so even though I said running back at two wide receiver at three, we don't know what number one could be. Could it, it could be two, it could be Simmons. It could be Okuda. So two out of three are defense. So it's not just three offensive picks. As you know, throughout time, it's always been about, Hey, let's get, uh, a bunch of defensive players, and I understand that. But what happens in that point is you're throwing the ball to Theo Riddick uh, 11 times a game, and you literally have nothing to be excited about. Nothing. So with this version, it's excitement, it's winning, it's everything. K.J. Hamlin in the third round, second round, uh, Jonathan Taylor in the first round, uh, either Okuda or Tua. I mean, good Lord, guys. Think about that. You come away with Tua, Jonathan Taylor and uh, KJ Hamler, um, yeah, <laughs> I think we're okay, guys. And then we do have extra picks in the later rounds, and we go out and we get whatever we need after that. This this draft's deep at the end and a couple other places, okay? So I, I think if that scenario plays out, just talking about it makes me get excited. I think that that is the scenario. Um but it's just going to be a really big question to see if they go into this draft and they start peeling away these no names and peeling away, you know, they just let Taylor and Dobbins and Swift just go. One of those three guys, they don't get one of those three guys. This draft is a complete failure to me. And I don't give a shit if you draft Dylan in the later rounds and all that crap. I, I, I mean, you're doing the same old shit at that point. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to I'm trying to break the mold. I'm trying to get a winner with some excitement. You know, it's it's like, yeah, the Patriots won, but god damn they were fucking boring. Can I can anyone admit that? Like, do you guys remember that? Like, Patriots 12, uh, Cincinnati 8. You know, it's like, what? You know, like, let's get a little excitement. You know, we're used to the Barry Sanders era, some Calvin Johnson for some of you guys. I didn't like Calvin, but you guys loved him. I mean, he was exciting. I will give you that. I didn't. I didn't hate him. I just. I, I. You know. I didn't think he was as great as everyone was because greatness equates to winning. You know what I mean? Like there was other guys who were less talented who won ball games and played better. For a guy to be that talented and not win anything, and his heart wasn't in it, and you could clearly see that, and the the follies he did, even when he caught that uh, breaking Jerry Rice's record, the next play he fumbled. I mean, in the next play, he dropped the ball, and in the next play, he fumbled. He fumbled twice in the next three, four plays. And that's the, the Calvin I remember. You guys remember the time he jumped over seven guys, and, and and he did do that. He did do that. He wasn't good. And you know what, Calvin? He was exciting. But when you come back the next few years with uh, Bill Schroeder and yada, yada, I mean, like, just no names, thinking that, well, let's get some excitement, man. This is football. Let's put some people in the seats and sell some jerseys and sell some tickets, man. Obviously we can't put anybody in the stands right now, but you know, I, I just think that drafting Okuda is the complete opposite 
of what a franchise that I'm trying to build would do. Um, he's a good player. There's a big drop-off between him and the next best corner. We know that. That's one of the only strengths about drafting Okuda that I could see. But, and obviously, I do think after Tua, there's a huge drop-off. And that's where we have to see if the other GMs in the league, like Miami and the Chargers, understand that once Chase Young and Burrow and Tua are off the board, after that, it's kind of like a guess what type of game. There's not a guy. Simmons is a is a hybrid that might not fit everywhere. Okay, he might not fit in everyone's system. Um, Okuda's a corner. They're, they don't go that high, and he's not like a world class fucking Deion Sanders. He's just a corner, lockdown. He's an okay corner. I don't know. I mean, like he's not like some world class fucking speed guy or this and that tall. You know, he's not. He's just a regular corner. I mean, he's a good player, but you know. Um, so I hope that the GMs of the Chargers and the Miami know that we're giving you Tua. You, I need at least another first from Miami, or I need a uh, your next two, three picks on the Chargers and a, and a first or second next year. And that's the only way I'm doing this. <laughs> Can we agree? <laughs> and, I mean, so those are some of the thoughts on the draft. There's so much more, so many layers. Uh, one dream scenario, and I'll give you two more scenarios before we go. One is a crazy draft scenario where, Chase Young goes one. Now, how bad would that screw the Lions? It wouldn't some regards, and in some regards it wouldn't, right? Um, because then the Redskins would hold all the cards, right? Because a lot of guys like Burrow, and they're going to want to trade up to get Burrow, and boom, they're, the Redskins are going to have all the cards. Like, the Lions have a few cards if they stay at three, and the draft goes the way everyone think it should be, right? Well... Chase Young going one is a very <laughs> monkey wrench in the drill say uh, thing going on. I, I heard a couple rumors, and that would really scare me. Man. That would really upset me, man, because that, that would give Washington all the power. And all those games, especially the one, the one against, what, Green Bay, I think it was, when you won the game, like some dumb fucks for no fucking reason, dude, you know? Like, we talked about the last dance a little bit and a couple things that were funny because guys drip on Jordan's nuts like you guys think I do on LeBron's nuts. But you guys are really, like, I don't know how you, like, if you you did have corona, we would never know because you can't fit a thermometer in your mouth with Jordan's dick in it, okay? Um, But I, I think that one of the craziest things that people don't see is when Michael talked about Scotty being selfish, Michael was making $33 million. Scotty was making two, And Michael goes, Scotty was being selfish. I'll repeat that one last time. <laughs> Michael Jordan was making $33.3 million. Scotty Pippen was making $2 million. And Michael Jordan said Scotty Pippen was being selfish. Oh, man. Just to be funny, I was going to repeat it again, but I'm not. Okay? that that That's ridiculous, guys. Okay? But as we were talking about uh, the Chase Young to one scenario, um, the last scenario we're going to mention is the trading Stafford scenario. Um, here we are. We have the third pick in the draft. We can quite honestly land 
either Burrow or Tua. I mean, more, more than likely Tua, maybe Herbert, whatever, whoever guys think is higher, right? Some guys do like Herbert. I actually love Herbert. I love the guy. I think Jordan Love, like I talked about earlier, um, DeAndre Swift, I watched his tape. I watched some Jordan Love tape, and I didn't like him. I, 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 I'm not seeing what everyone, like some guys are saying. I think I think Jordan Love is like a guy they're hyping. I do not see it, dude. I just do not see it. I might I might have to watch like a full game or something, but he he looked I he don't look like a top 50 60 player to me. He looks like a fourth rounder. That's what he looks like. I don't know. But the Patriots they need a quarterback. We're sitting here with Matthew Stafford and the possibility of Tua Tagovailoa at 3, right? Well, what happens, guys? What happens? Cuz the Patriots got a ton of picks ton of picks and this is a deep ass draft where second and third rounders can be crucial to your team oh my god so how many picks would it take to get to the center of a lollipop no i'm kidding but how many picks would it take for the patriots to get up to get the number three or and the other regard is we draft tua and we trade stafford to the patriots and get what two or three second round picks or third pick third round picks what i mean We'd have to get a nice little ransom, guys. And now, would they do that? I don't know. But would you take uh, three picks in between 30 and, and, and 60 for Matt Stafford? I think I would. Um, maybe a, a future draft pick as well. I think I would, guys. I mean, th- this is a, a deep draft. And that could open up a ton of things. And if you follow my my draft strategy, like I talked about, when you kept Tua and you got the running back in the second round and then KJ Hamler in the third round, now you got a nice little young offense with with Kenny Galladay hopefully staying, right? Um, but I, I just, I don't know. They're, they're a cheap franchise. You see them draft a center a few years ago. Why do you think they did that? Because you don't pay a center big money. Um you know, they drafted a tight end last year. Why'd they do that? Because you don't pay a tight end big money down the road. So they're obviously afraid to draft Tua because he could possibly turn out to be a, uh, you know, having to, to throw a bunch of money at the guy later on. And they're cheap fucking, they're cheap fucking franchise. I mean, looking throughout the history of the franchise that we've seen, you talk about Jerry Krause on the Bulls, fucking the Fords and, and whoever makes the decisions over at the Lions, they've been cheap for years. You know, they got rid of Barry Sanders' best uh, lineman, started a rebuild when we weren't even that bad. That's one thing that kills me about that that last dance and sports. Don't start the rebuild until the fucking thing's over, okay? Um, Now, I think, instead of rebuild, can't you retool? I, I never understood that. Like, the Pistons had a great opportunity to draft Carmelo Anthony, what do you mean? He wouldn't have fit. That's the dumbest take. He wouldn't have fit with Tayshaun Prince. Uh, yeah, okay, he wouldn't have fit. You guys are right, you dumb fucks. Unfortunately, he could go like this and go, wow, Carmelo Anthony's on the Pistons. He comes off the bench and he scores about 18 a game. Well, hell, you know, there's 17 teams in the team that want that Carmelo Anthony kid. Uh, let's go get him. And then instead of getting Darko, which is fucking nothing, right, Darko, when you got Darko, you won a championship. That's what Darko gave you. No, when you got Carmelo Anthony, that could have gave you a ton of other shit in the future, and you could have kept going and won multiple championships. That's how you got to think, guys. 
You know, it's like they drafted Darko, and then you guys go, well, he, Carmelo didn't want to come here, and it wouldn't have fit, and this and that. Well, no, you draft him, and then you fucking uh, either plays or you trade him. It's as simple as that. And that's what I think of Tua. It's the same thing. He don't want to be here. Oh, that's too fucking bad. I draft you, and then guess what? A team that wants a quarterback comes and gets you and gives me a king's ransom for you. And that's what happens. <laughs> like, it's not, oh, well, he don't want to be here. We don't need a quarterback, so we might as well draft O'Cooter at three and, you know, ding-dong, wiggy-wog, and we'll draft a no-name in the second and third rounds like we always do, and, you know, and fuck that. You draft a quarterback. You have the King's Ransom attached. Even if it's just an extra two, one or two picks, that's fine. I'll take it. Maybe it'll be for the next GM because Bob Quinn will be in a, a fucking out of here. Okay, because Bob Quinn is horrible. We all know that. Let's see what he does this year in the magical bag of Lions tricks. Uh, this has been Talking Shoot Draft Preview. Obviously, after the first couple rounds, I will have another show where I'll go absolutely bonkers at what they pick because it'll probably be something that disappoints me like every year. And uh, be t- uh, tuned in to Talking Shoot during the draft. We're going to have a live uh, tweeting and uh, Facebook. And obviously, I'll probably be saying some funny things on Facebook because this is what we do. And this has been Talking Shoot. And we're going to try to get Sasha on in the coming weeks. Um, that is my better half on the radio circuit. It's my dog. Um, and uh, this has been Talking Shoot Draft Preview. Anything you guys want to talk about when I po- post it on the page, comment below. Um, and we'll talk about it and we'll get some heated debates and, uh, Hey, this has been talking to shoot draft preview and we'll see you next week, guys. Awkward silence. Why I turn it off? Yeah.